0: Welcome to Gardening Talk, back on 2NURFM, Greg Richard here, joined by Scott Sharps. Scott, great to see you once again. Good to see you as well. Exactly. How, how was your week? Uh, I have had a fantastic
1: week and a fantastic weekend. Oh, excellent. Yes. Good to hear. What do you got for us today, Scott? Well, uh, I was out on Saturday night and I saw a gentleman in a uh, nice Hawaiian print shirt. So yep. I thought we might talk about uh, frangy panties today. Do you think the Hawaiian shirt's on the comeback? I think it is, especially in pink, in bright pink. Really, <laughs> really Really suits. Really suits. <laughs> sharpening your secateurs and crepe myrtles are out at the moment, so we'll oh, chat about them. Excellent. And Scott, you mentioned the frangipanny a little bit earlier. Yes, my eyes were, were caught by the allure of the frangipanny shirt ah, yes. on Saturday night. How good was it? it? It was a beautiful, beautiful shirt. I think <laughs> the, the guy who was wearing it might have been polyester, so he was, he was probably a little bit hot at the time. But there were some other fellows as well wearing the frangipanny shirt, and I thought, oh, it is that time of year, isn't it? Let's talk about frangipannies on Monday. Excellent. So we will. Right. Okay. What do you got for us, for wise? Well, there? I was just going to talk, say about you know how a fantastic tree they are. They're really good for urban blocks of land, uh, yep. you know, and they do provide a really nice uh, umbrella-like shade coverage. Now, the only trouble with your uh, frangi is they are a little bit slow. Okay. Uh, but they are easy to propagate and grow yourself. So if you've found one that you actually like, uh, you can go up and ask very nicely to take a cutting of it. Yep. And then you can either propagate it by uh, putting it in the pot and and, uh, staking it up, or you can actually plant it directly in the ground as well if you want to. Now, uh, people say when you're taking the cuttings, you need to let them sit out uh, you know, just out in the ground in the sun, okay. uh, usually for about uh, seven days, just to let that uh, little piece in underneath that you've cut it callous off so that you don't get any rot or disease back up through there. Uh, look, that said, I've just seen people stick frangies straight in the ground anyway, and off they go, no problem. But look, I think the callousing is probably not a bad idea. Most important thing, though, is to make sure it's staked really well. And this gets to this point where people would come in and say, oh, you know, I've got this, you know, like two metre high frangipani cutting and things, and you yeah. go well. Yeah, okay. Look, you can plant it, but it's going to be very difficult to keep it stable if there's wind uh, to stop it rocking around. Because you need that root system to spread out over probably you know a year, okay. or eighteen months before you actually yeah. try and transplant it or uh, take that staking out. So very important to do that. Uh, so yeah, look, they'll get uh, quite tall. You know, I'm trying to think about uh, French pennies. Four meters. Probably max around here in Newcastle. That's not a bad size. It's not a bad size at all. So you can plant it under your you know, your power lines as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't look uh, even though they do uh, you know, only get about four meters tall. don't always plant it, don't plant it too close to the house. I have seen you know the, the root system will st- still get quite large there, so be careful about that. Look, as for your colors, uh, white still has the very, very best fragrance, uh, and then the, sort of the darker colors you get up to red, they virtually have no fragrance whatsoever. I've got one at my place called Lulu. Yep. which I got for my daughter back in the day. It's a little dwarf one. Uh, it's sort of a blushing pink. I don't know if you can still get it out there, uh, but a very nice uh, little plant in the front yard, and I'm hoping it's going to shade my you know front window and stuff as time goes on. So, yeah, frangipani is a really good plant to have in your urban environment. Interesting the ones that are c- colourful, have the perfume. Yeah, it's, it's funny that, isn't it? it? It definitely is the you know the old-fashioned white and yellow one that has that that very, very strong fragrance. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pinks, uh, you know, less so. And the further and further on you go until you get to that, that red, uh, you have no fragrance whatsoever.
0: Excellent. Yeah. So, Frangipani, pretty easy.
1: Yes, very easy. And you can make a nice lay out of them if you need to as well.
0: Oh, very good. Yes. little little bonus Off there. Off to Hawaii with oh, them. <laughs> Excellent, Scott Sharp, thank you very much. Not and good. if you do have any questions for Scott Sharp, you can give us a call on 49216216. And we've got Ross from Toronto, and he's got a question
1: about transplanting azaleas. Hey, Ross, how can we help you, mate? Uh, good morning,
2: Scott. Thank you for taking my call. Not a problem. Scott, I have three, uh, the small red flower, I think they're called Cormans azaleas. Yeah,
1: the Karoons, yep.
2: Caroons, yes. Uh, we planted them too closely together, and uh, we're want- to know whether we can actually transplant them. They're, they're quite advanced now. They're about three-year-old. Mm-hmm. We want to know when, when uh, if we can and at what time of the year we should transplant them out if we could to uh, give them just a little more room.
1: Uh, look, I'd, I'd wait uh, like two or three weeks just so that, you know, this really hot weather starts to go away. Yes. And, and then you can actually transplant them. Azaleas have only got a very, very shallow root system, so they, they can be transplanted quite easily. Look, the thing is, though, you're going to have to take about a third of the plant off just to reduce the stress on it. And once yeah. you get it back into the soil, plenty of water because you're going to have damaged that root system no matter how careful you are right okay good. look then no fertilizers or anything uh, after it's been in the ground for say oh, a couple of weeks uh yeah. you might then give it some sea salt a very gentle mixture of sea salt and it should say mm. on the packet of sea salt a transplanting mixture as well uh, and so start yeah. giving it sea salt it's very good for the root system of plants and it will get it to uh, you know resurrect itself i guess uh, so yeah uh, look no other fertilizers you don't want to stress the plant out and plenty of water
2: Thank you very much, Not Scott. a problem Thank at all. You. Thanks Scott. for that, Ross. Have a all nice right. afternoon. Bye. Right. Thank you,
1: and you too. Bye. We've got Louise now from Manora Head, and she's got a question about the macadamia tree. Ooh, a very nice nut. Louise, how can we help you?
3: Um, we've been in the house for three years. The tree was in the, on the property when we bought it. Yes. It's a very mature tree. The first year, we got a lot of nuts off it. The second you well, not so much, but this you it's absolutely covered in them. Yeah. But the only problem is they're dropping like flies and they've got sort of like a worm in them. So can I spray... Am I supposed to have sprayed it so I don't get the worms, or um, is there a thing that i Missing
1: here. Yeah, uh, look. So with macadamias, look, like they can get a little borer weevil in them as well, like that. So you would have had to spray for that much earlier when the uh, the seed or the the nut was still green, because that's when they start to get in. At that point in time, uh, the, the other thing that happens to macas is they get a fungal disease as well. So you have to spray at flowering time for that to try and keep it under control. So you might have missed the boat, unfortunately, this year. Uh, uh-huh. Hopefully the cycle continues for you so that you get a decent crop again next year and then you'd give it a spray at that point in time.
3: What sort of spray do I do with it?
1: Yeah, so you use a fungicide uh, at flowering time like copper oxychloride. Uh, and as far as uh, you know, spraying to try and keep those borer weevils out, I would use an all-purpose uh, spray like Malathon. It's a contact spray. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, just of course, we're always friends of the bees here on the show, so make sure there's no bees around when you're going to do that. Uh, it's not systemic, so it won't be absorbed in. Uh, it is only a contact spray, so you're just trying to keep those boral weevils under control at the time. So
3: how often am I supposed to spray
1: it? Uh, look, when they're green, you might be spraying, uh, you know, like every week, every fortnight, just to try and keep that under control. You're not going to get rid of every single one, mm-hmm. um, but uh, you know, hopefully it'll minimise the problem for you.
3: All right. Um, when am I supposed to do that? Just uh, when that, bef- when they start flowering. Yes. Yeah, like so when, when you, the tree flowers.
1: Yeah, So when you get the flowering, you go with the fungicide, and when you see those nuts starting to form uh, and green, that's when you'd start the uh, the insecticide spraying.
3: All right. Um, do the borers cause any havoc to the like? As I say, this year, the previous years I haven't really had to. Um, I've had to pick the nuts off the tree this year. They're just dropping off the tree like, um, yeah. Every night I come, every morning I come out, and there's heaps of nuts everywhere, Um, and they've got um, little bugs in them. Um, But half of them haven't got the bugs in them, and the other half have. So. are they? Am I wasting my time um, shelling them, or should I just dump the lot?
1: Uh, look, I'd I'd probably just get rid of the lot at this point in time, uh, just to try and reduce that. Uh, you know that there might be any weevils or anything in for next year, mm. uh, and then just yes, keep on get ready to spray again once once you see those uh, green nuts on there next year.
3: All right, no, no the, as I say, the tree is absolutely covered in nuts this year. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I, all I've done is put sugar mulch around it.
1: Okay. Now, the other the other thing I, I, I just I remembered then is that they're actually uh, the weevil of a little moth. So it could be that, you know, once you see those green uh, nuts forming on the tree and you start to see little moths uh, flying around, that's the time to spray then.
3: All right. No worries. So it's malathion, the beginning. Yes. And um, oxychloride, one when the... Rum.
1: Yeah, sorry, the oxy—you've got it the wrong way around there. The copper oxychlorides for, right. the, for the flowers, for the fungal problem, and right. then the malathons, the insecticide. But when you go to your garden centre and buy it, you'll you'll see it on there. Um, so it's yeah, your fungicide first, and then your insecticide later when you start to see that moth
3: right. coming around. And how? I, and do I do that every year, or just um, when the like? As I say, when we first moved in, we didn't have any bugs whatsoever on it, and then over the last two years it's slowly picked up. So am I supposed to do that every every year or just on the cycle?
1: Yeah, look, you could probably try and do it every year. You, you'll be able to judge whether the plants, uh, you know, got a lot of flowers on it for the season. So mm. it might be, a, you know, the cycles, you know, in a downward, uh, you know, sort of fashion for, for that year. And then you might not worry too much about it and just let it, uh, you know, go its natural course. All
3: right. The other question is, yeah. am I supposed to prune it?
1: Yes, you certainly can prune it
3: um is it um is there any particular um uh, way I'm supposed to prune it or is it just do I just let it
1: go uh, look you can let it go if you want to I guess the trouble with that is then the nuts you know will usually move up to the top of the tree they're you know more difficult to harvest uh, mm-hmm. I, I'll just give it a light shave over uh, mm-hmm. the top just to try and keep it under control and you usually do that after it's finished fruiting so once the nuts yeah. have started to drop off that's when you can give it a light prune um
3: if I give it a like it's about six foot, this tree, yeah. can I just take the top off
1: it? Uh, yes, you could. Look, if, if it's only six foot tall and you take the top off it, you might sort of wreck up the main leader that's going up there and thus the shape of the plant. So it might All be right. best just to give it a very light prune over, even with some shears or if it's only six foot tall, and try and leave that main leader alone mm. so that the plant can continue growing upwards.
3: Oh, well, it might be a bit higher than six foot because I'm <laughs> five foot ten, so it's a bit too on me, so yeah. it's quite a big tree.
1: Yeah, so, well, I, I'm thinking, you know, if the tree got to about three metres tall, that's probably about as big as you need it to get to to be able to treat it successfully, um, you know, for insect and, and pest. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see you know, obviously you see them much larger uh, in the plantations but that's because they've got the machinery to uh, you know to try and get the nuts and things off them and, and uh, spray them so uh, i always think once a plant gets to that three to four meter tall uh, mark that's usually about you know i always say that with citrus that's about as tall as you ever want it for the home garden and mm-hmm. uh, try and keep it at that all right no worries okay. thank you much not a problem good luck <laughs> thank you okay thanks bye bye bye
3: and
0: we've got Kerry from empire bay and she's got a question about the french penny
1: Oh, excellent. Kerry, how can we help you?
3: Um, I have a frangipani that's uh, a white flower with like a pink-red uh, centre in it. Yes. Um, and I noticed on the weekend it's got like a, an orange rusty-coloured soot on mm. the back of the leaves.
1: Yeah, this is a problem with frangipanis now uh, here in Newcastle and actually all the way up the coast. They do get this fr- frangipani rust now. Uh, look, you can oh, treat cool. it and try and minimise that. And look, I'll I'll go through the ways to do that. Initially, when you start to see it, you need to spray uh, with a product called Mancozet Plus. It's a a fungicide, so you spray that up in underneath the leaves and try and get that rust under control. The other thing you need to do is uh, preventative, and that's raking up any dead leaves that are in the soil. And especially at the end of the season, when those leaves fall down onto the ground, you need to make sure you rake those up. At that time, I'd also get a watering can uh, with some of that Mankazette Plus and actually drench it through the soil around the bottom of the French panty to try and kill those rust spores that might be in the ground.
4: Okay. All right, lovely. So, yeah, it's... it's, 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 I've got half a dozen plants, and it's only
1: on one. Ah, yeah, look, and I think some are more susceptible to the others. Uh, Look, I I was talking about my frangipani, Lulu. Uh, It doesn't seem to get it too badly, and it stretches out, stretches out, and then all of a sudden, uh, as we get into March, it will get the, the rust on it as well. I'm a bad boy, though. I don't get in and uh, rake up my leaves. I'm a little bit lazy like that. Um, So I'm probably contributing to it coming back each year for mine. So doing that is a really important thing to do as well.
4: Fantastic. Thank you very much. Okay. Good luck with it, Kerry. Thank you. Thank
1: you. Bye. And we've got Joy
0: now from Adamstown, and she's got a question about the poinsettia. The poinsettia. Very good.
1: Joy, how can we help you? Uh,
4: Scott... I've got this point set here it's about fourteen months old, yes, and I've had it inside, it hasn't been outside because I really like it. Inside. Re- rele-
1: release it, Joey, release it. Release it to the wild.
4: <laughs> but doesn't it lose its colour if I put it outside?
1: Well, they know it's just ch-
4: lovely and red.
1: Well, they actually get their red from the from the cold and and that's actually the little the flower that's coming out on the plant. Uh-huh. Uh, so really point it is in Australia are the w- wrong way around. Uh, we want them to flower because you know people traditionally think they're a, a christmas flower so in the um, mm-hmm. you know in the northern climates they flower around Christmas and people love that at that point in time but uh, here in Australia um, you know we have to try and flick it around and get them to uh, flower in in summer for us and we do that uh, I'm not exactly sure how they do that I don't think it's entirely natural sometimes so that's probably why they use gases and things uh, and you know pheromones and stuff like that to make Plants do weird things at weird times. Uh, so that's probably what's happening with yours. It might be something in the potting mix that's just continuing to make it red. Uh, putting it outside certainly doesn't um, change the colour of it. In fact, if oh. it's outside, in, in, as it gets colder, it might even keep on going red for you um, and getting those flowers. So you notice that the red, the red leaves you get on there and then you get the tiny little yellow flower in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's the little flower in there, and those red leaves are um, sort of being attractive for bees and things to come in. They're saying, "Hey, come in and, and have a, a go at my flower and spread my pollen around," uh, and that that's what most plants are trying to do. They're trying to attract bees in so that um, you know we can all you know continue on on a merry way in life, and that's what the plants are trying to do. So look, uh, they are. It's just t-
4: that it's losing its Yeah, of, and I,
1: and that's what I'm, I'm about to say. It's not oh. really an indoor plant. We love to take them indoors. Oh but really they are an outdoor plant. They will grow out in the full sun. Uh, I've seen them grow in some shade as well. Uh, but mm-hmm. I, I would uh, try and get it out to a, a sunnier position outside. Now, for you, that might be a veranda. You don't want to sort of stick it straight outside into the full sun at this point in time. Uh, so a mm-hmm. veranda might be a good good place for it where you can control how much sun it's going to get. Right.
4: Well, I Is it best to put it in the ground or will I leave it in a... Like it's in a five inch pot at the moment. Yeah. will I put it in a larger pot or do they go better in
1: the I, I would put it soil. Into a, I'd put it into a larger pot because if you put it into the ground, yes, it it will get it will go very well for yep. you because they actually become quite a big plant. Uh, look i've I've seen them uh, I'm trying to get some gauge here, maybe eight to nine foot tall. And quite wide, so they do actually get quite large. I, I'm pretty sure that they also use a dwarfing agent here in Australia for those potted ones to try and keep them down to a certain size. And eventually that wears off. So if you put them in the ground and their root system spreads out into the normal soil... They're then going to say, oh, fantastic, Um, I'm going to become a nice big normal plant and off I'll go for you. Um, So, look, unless you've got a nice spot, you know, we've got plenty of space in the garden to put your poinsettia, I would just keep on uh, moving it up in pot size. Uh, You can prune them as well, so, uh, you know, if you don't want it to get too big, you can keep it in a pot and keep it a nice, uh, you know, sort of gentle size. So what
4: will I feed it with, Scott? Do I need to... Yeah. You know, spray
1: it or uh, look at There's no uh, need. What
4: kind of potting mix?
1: Yeah, look, just a good potting mix. Uh, don't all, uh-huh. never skimp on your potting mix when you're out there buying your potting mix. Uh, and as far as spraying, look, unless there's something on it, don't worry about spraying it. You don't want to sort of um, get into that mm-hmm. habit. Uh, I would get a liquid fertilizer like Flourish and uh, start using that every couple of weeks. Right.
4: And if it's pot bound, do I, what do I do with the roots? Will I cut them off?
1: Look, you can do that if you want to. Uh, you have to, though, then cut back, you know, some of the top of the plant as well, because if you start hacking into the root system, uh, it's going to stress out the plant that's sitting up there above, you know, above the surface. So you have to, you know, try and reduce that stress on the plant. So yeah, look, you can give it a root prune if you want to. They're a pretty tough plant. Uh, mm-hmm. If you want to, you can just also um, just give the, you know, a bit of a tease out as well if you want to, and then put it back into some fresh soil, and uh, that will help it along as well.
4: Okay then. Thanks a lot for your help. That's oh. all right,
1: not a problem at all. Good luck with the job.
4: Okay. okay. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye.
0: And we've got Alan from Beresfield, and he's got another question about macadamia trees. Alan, how can we help you, mate?
5: Yeah, hey, hi, Scott. Yeah, mate. Yeah, I've just been listening to you uh, with uh, the macadamia nuts. Yep. yep. And uh, um, our tree actually is six, about six metres tall.
1: Oh, right. Okay. So it's. it's, it's yeah, it's yeah. huge. Yeah, almost fully but, grown then.
5: Oh, man, it, it grew from a, um, a, a pot that I think we got, it was about six inches high when we got it sort of four years ago. <laughs> yeah, it's gone massive. But, mate, this season and, and last season, um, the when I peel the, the green off them, the actual nut inside that's normally a, a, a nice brown colour, the last two years they've been, it's, it's a sticky white coating on them. And the nut, like when it dries out, instead of being brown, it stays that white colour.
1: And what happens is it's still edible when you re- when you can actually I break them. I've been
5: game to, to <laughs> eat them because I, I basically now I leave them there for the um, the cockatoos. Yeah, yeah. They come down and they they have a great old time eating them.
1: Do they? Cr- can uh, they crack the nut? Can they?
5: Oh goodness, yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Yeah, yeah we, um, which is good because I mean we can't get to the top anymore. Mm. I just go around and. and um, I used to climb it when the green started to split. I didn't wait till they fall. I used to just go around there and pick them all. And then um, as they slowly split, then I'd just finish off for them and let them sit there for 12 months and then eat them when the next ones I picked off. But yeah, I haven't been going to eat these ones. I'm thinking, is there something wrong?
1: <laughs> Look, I, I, I'm... I don't know the answer to that question. You've, you've, you've tweaked my interest there. I, yeah. I, like when we were talking to the other lady, uh, Louise, yeah. Uh, yeah. I know they do get fungal problems coming, you know, spreading down like a blossom end rot, uh, spreading down from yeah. the flower. And I'm wondering if that's what it actually looks like,
5: uh, yeah. when, you know, oh, when you crack I'll open the it. nut. Yeah, I've never ever sprayed it. We did get um, those little grubs in it mm. quite a while ago, but they just seemed to naturally disappear. I, I, I'm, I do not like spraying chemicals at all anywhere. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to get all the birds and the bees and everything here, and I, and I don't even spray the house for cockies or anything like that or spiders. I let them all <laughs>
1: cohabitate.
5: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we put baits around for the, the cockroaches and that, but the spiders and that, mate. I I encourage them.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, and and look, that's what happens. As you said, you know, those little moths they can blow in. Uh, you know, they just yeah. they just run in cycles. And I, I think as long as you're, you know, also cleaning up any old nuts on the ground and trying to get those egg cycles, you know, break those egg cycles, that, that can be a yeah. way of treating things. Uh, look, if if it is this fungal problem, though, that, that they get, uh, spraying a, a fungicide like that's not going to be harmful to anything. Uh, well, no, so okay. I, I think that might be a way to go as a preventative for you next year. And uh, look, the one I suggested using copper oxychloride, uh, it provides a bit of a coating over there, so it won't wash off as easily. And I think that might be a way to go, um, just okay. to, yeah, just to try it and stop it.
5: Might be worth, that. worth a go, because man, they're they're beautiful nut, and yeah. I wouldn't like to be hurting the, the glass and, and the cockatoos and that as well. So, but I think they'd probably handle whatever's wrong with them anyhow. Yeah, but, but oh, didn't... it's smart. Like it, we could get two, three dozen and cockatoos and, you know, sulphur crescents and all that in there at times. It's absolutely wonderful to yeah.
1: watch them. We'll see rem- I'll never tickle one under the chin now. If I know they can break a macadamia <laughs> nutshell, I only can imagine what they'll do to my finger.
5: <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 that's for sure. Um, just just a couple of other things. Um, we've got a poinsettia here that it would be three metres tall and yes. it nearly stays with the, the red flower on it nearly 12 months a year. Oh, good, good, yeah. Yeah, it's in, it's in shade from a two-storey house alongside us. Yes. And, um, and the other thing, like with the Japanese you were talking about earlier, my mum and dad, they used to take the cutting and throw it under the house. I've tried that, and I lose them all the time. The last cutting I took, I just stuck it in a pot. And lo and behold, it grew. Yeah,
1: and look, I've I've seen it done that way as well. I, I think that the danger is to uh, take that cutting and leave it, you know, for too long. That's why I only say seven days. And, and I've seen the growers uh, just uh, yeah. leave them out in the sun for seven days. If yeah. the leaves fall off, well, so be it. That you know they're going to shrivel up anyway. That doesn't really matter. That's
5: right. No, that's yeah. right. Yeah. So I yeah. think that's
1: probably why they might have you, you might have left might it in have there. Maybe. have left too long. Yeah, I yeah. think that might be the yeah. case. Yep. Right,
5: on, buddy. That was all. Okay. Okay, well, we'll try that uh, copper oxychloride. That's the one. Yep, yeah, beautiful. Thanks a lot, Scott. Okay,
1: good on you, Alan. Thanks for the
0: call, yeah. mate. Appreciate it. See you, buddy. Okay. Bye now. Thanks, Alan. We've got another Alan now as well, From this time from Tea Gardens.
1: See, he, he's got a question about the nectar and tree. See if we get a hat trick, though. That'd be good if we had three Alans in a row. Imagine that, three Alans. Oh, yeah. Alan, how can we help you?
2: Alan. Yeah, three alans in a row. That is a hat trick. will have to have a bit this weekend. I feel
1: like Pat Cummings if I if I did that. Yeah. <laughs> Number one bowler in the world for alans.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I've got a uh, nectarine tree. It's uh, a Trixie. Yes, one, yeah, one know? of the little ones, yep. Yeah, yeah, and um, I've got a transplant. I've got a pot because I don't want to put it in the ground. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've got a pot is about twenty three inches width and about seven inches deep. And uh, I just want to know, was just whack it in with potting mix.
1: Yep, a really good potting mix. Uh, like, a I said, good potting yeah, mix. like I said, yeah, like I said earlier, don't skimp on the old potting mix, especially with a, a fruiting tree like that. Uh, mate, look, probably leave it now. I'd, I'd wait uh, until it uh, loses its leaves, and then I'd go and give it a repot then. Uh, okay,
2: right, yeah, 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 yeah because yeah, the, pl- the plant will be. A-
1: Oh, yeah, look, the plant will be dormant then when it's lost its leaves, so you won't do any damage to it.
2: Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, right. So it's in, it's in, it gets the uh, sun of a morning mm-hmm. and then it's in the shade of the afternoon, all mm-hmm. afternoon, too.
1: So. How have you gone? You had any That's fruit right. off it yet? or?
2: No, I only got it for Christmas.
1: Okay. Look, it, it might be that you need to get it into a little bit more sun, uh, especially in the afternoon. Um, but uh, we'll see how we go. Don't don't stick it straight out there now, but uh, I, I think no, no, yeah, no, once no. it's lost its leaves, you might want to transplant like move it, uh, transport it to a different place where it's going to get a little bit more afternoon sun. Okay, yeah. and uh, something about said uh, something about leaf fold or something like you need to spray for it or something. Yeah, look, look, um, stone fruit are, are funny things. They can get uh, fungal diseases. So yes, I'd spray with some copper oxychloride. That's a fungicide you can get. Uh, copper oxide. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That that. If you go to your local garden center and say what you want to do, they'll be able to help you out. Ah, there. Right. Right. But it's yeah, a, it's yeah. co- a copper spray. Most people call. I should just call it that from now on, shouldn't I? Just to, oh, well, to yeah, avoid confusion. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing they can get is, uh, look, not so much with your Trixie, they can get a, a sort of a weeping at the end of some of their branches, and that's also okay, a fungal yeah. disease as well. So if you've got some copper spray uh, at home, it's a, it's a good thing to have around with your citrus tree, Oh, sorry, with your nectarine.
2: Nectarine, yeah. yeah. Okay, oh, that's terrific. Thank you very much. Mate. Okay,
1: Al, good on you. Okay,
2: cheers. Thanks for the call. Bye.
1: Bye-bye.
0: Cheers. Bye. Thanks, Al. It's us Gardening Talk back on to when you are at FM, and... Can we get three Allens in a row?
1: I know, three Allens would be pretty good. Here we have the barrel spinning around. And
0: we go. we've got Jean from Cardiff. Jean, okay. She's got a question about tomatoes. Well about that. We're going to hold it against
1: Jean. Don't worry about it. It's all right.
0: <laughs> we'll be Alan for the next five minutes. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, oh,
3: really? We'll think
1: of you as Alan forevermore. <laughs> How can we help um, you?
3: Well, we are growing some Roma tomatoes mm-hmm. quite successfully. We've had heaps and heaps. But all of a sudden, we've got all these holes in them. Mm. Um, something is eating them, and we've tried the tomato dust yes but it doesn't seem to be doing the trick
1: okay look it, it probably it, you probably have got little worms in there doing some damage. Uh, the tomato dust really is about the only thing that's available to try and, uh, you know, provide a, a coating to the plant to stop uh, uh, them getting yeah. in. So I'd just be a little bit more diligent, um, you know, with the tomato dust and see if that keeps it under control. Get rid of any fruit that's affected as well uh, because you don't want them, you know, the, the uh, grubs going in there and uh, laying their eggs and, you know, the whole cycle sort of starting again. So, um, yeah, try and keep that under control.
3: So, how often would you do the tomato dust?
1: Oh, look, I think you could do it every week, and if it rains, go out there and do it again. Oh, okay. Yeah, look, so if, you see, if you see the moths, have you had, <coughs> seen moths flying around as well? Uh,
3: yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So White they're moths.
1: yeah they're yes. laying yeah they're laying their eggs yeah. and then yeah, th- the might Yeah. Yeah, the caterpillars are hatching out. They're going into the tomato, and the whole cycle continues. So, uh, look, okay. you, you can use a pyrethrum insecticide if you want to. Yes. Uh, to, when you're seeing those white moths, give them a spray. Uh, but again, yes. it's difficult. Um, you know What you're actually hoping to do is use that dust, and when the moth goes there to lay its egg, uh, it sort of goes, oh, no, I don't like this. This is making me sick, and uh, it, it flies away again. So that, that's I'd be persistent with the dust, and if you see them around in great clouds or swarms, uh, then <laughs> I would get the pyrethrum spray out and give them a go. Okay. All right, thank you very much.
4: Okay, thanks, Al. Thanks. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye.
1: Bye. <laughs> <laughs> you confused me for a second there. Ah, good, good. Not hard to do, though. Oh, I wasn't going to go down that path. I, I was staying up on the high ground for that one. <laughs> Harry now from Ashtonfield, and
0: he's got a question about the mango tree.
1: G'day, Harry. How can we help you, mate? Uh,
2: good, mate. How are you going? Yeah, very
1: well, very well.
2: Uh, mate, I've got a, a mango tree I've had it for a few years now. Yes. Um, some years I did some... Um, but last year, the year before, got a really good crop of it. This mm-hmm. year, it was absolutely loaded. With, yes. uh but they just don't seem to be getting any um, size about them. They're, they're just really small. Um, would that be due with the dryness?
1: Yeah, or? That, that's exactly what it is, mate. You look, you know what? It, when you open up that mango, you cut it open, you want to be nice and fleshy and juicy. Uh, and yeah. look, that, that's all it is. It's just the, the uh, you know, the amount of, or the lack of rain we've had, I guess, and just the heat we've had. Uh, but oh, plant, plants are different when they're in a pot. You can water them, you know, fairly successfully and, you know, give them enough moisture. But once you start getting a plant like you've described that's getting fairly advanced, it, it, is, it is more difficult to try and keep the moisture up to a plant that big. Uh, yeah. look, you can get like, you know, one of those little bubbler sprinklers sort of thing and, you uh, yeah. Uh, you know, sit it there for you know fifteen minutes, twenty minutes a day, and just let it bubble into the you know into the root system in under the drip line. Uh, see right. if that makes yeah. an improvement. Uh, but look, yeah, unfortunately, we we are dealing with nature, and um, you know there's so many yeah. variables, aren't there? You know, it can be hot, it yeah. can be cold, it can be dry, and uh, they do affect fruiting plants. And uh, you know, it's yeah. it's not like well, I mean, a machine. It was that, it
2: had, like I said? It was absolutely loaded. Yeah, you know, it's got a little hell of a lot of little ones on it, but yeah. they just wasn't get any size about them. But uh, I've had trouble before. I've got a net. I'm going to throw over them to try and keep them out. You know.
1: But, the, um, yeah. The, the other thing uh, you can do as well to um, you know try and promote the growth of the fruit is to actually take some of it off. Um, So you know it hasn't got as much that it has to sustain. Uh, So you can do you can do it that way as well if if you want to. Uh, I guess the trouble is now if they haven't uh, you know got some size on them now as it starts to cool down and you know we sort of rush headlong to autumn because we have to remember that we're already halfway through um, February, aren't we? Uh, But, you know, you won't get them ripening properly. Uh, And that's always the danger down here, uh, you know, in the more temperate climates. Uh, And that's why they obviously grow them up north because, you know, you get that longer season where, you know, you're going to get them ripened and you get them sweeter and juicier. Uh, So, look, that might be a thing for next year, mate. If it looks like it's, uh, you know, not not getting enough rain and it's set a lot of fruit, maybe just to go and thin that fruit out and see if uh, you can uh, pump it on that way. I thought
2: it might rain that. So I'm going to try and run a hose from my washing machine and all that. And uh, that water from the washing machine shouldn't
1: hurt it, shouldn't it? Oh, uh, no, look, that that's all right. Uh, I, I wouldn't be using it you know, all the time. Yeah, You want to try and flush that out a little bit as well um, because yeah. there are detergents and things in there. Um, so you know, yeah. every, every now and again, um, you still need to uh, put some nice fresh water there and I uh, hope that it rains and just sort of flush those, um, those chemicals away. But generally, right. yeah, using that grey water, uh, a lot of people do it. Um, you know, it's, it seems to work quite well, but uh, yeah, always just try and flush it out every now and again. All right,
2: good on you. Okay. Appreciate
1: that. Thank
3: Not you, Not a very problem.
1: Much. Good luck with it, Harry. Bring some mangoes thanks, down mate. when they uh, go for you next year.
4: Yeah, thanks, mate. We'll give you the address.
1: Bye bye. <laughs> Cheers. Thanks, Harry. I don't think Harry's going to give us any mangoes. Oh, no, he, he sounded like a man who was ready to uh, spread the love around and uh, share his mangoes with us. I hope he does. I hope so too. A couple of trays at least. That's all we want. Just a couple of trays yeah. each. <laughs> We've got, we got
0: Sherry now from Dunn's Creek and she's got a question about the
1: frangipani as well. Yeah, uh, Sherry, how can we help you?
4: Um, I heard you talking earlier about it. I have one or two at home and they seem to be growing, which is a bonus for me. Okay. Um, I was just wondering, out of a question of curiosity, how come the white ones smell? And you were saying that the red ones have less fragrance or none at all. Is that because they're using so much to produce the colour, and they don't produce the fragrance? Or? I don't.
1: I, I don't know. I should try. That's that's probably a little bit too past my pay grade um, to understand well, the genetics of the plant like that. But I will try and find out. But that is an excellent question. Uh, yeah, I know.
4: just thought, why is that? Why do the white ones? Yeah, why do the white ones smell
1: more than the red ones do? Yeah, no, look, I'll try and find that out. I mean, but look, we do find that, uh, you know, all through the flower world, I guess. Uh, You know, some roses smell more than others. Um, You know, like, for instance, white roses generally don't have a fragrance and uh, red roses do. Um, But look, I'll try and find that out. Yeah, sorry I can't uh, answer that one off the cuff for you, but I will do No, that's okay. It
4: was just, oh, I wonder why that
1: is. Yeah, and and I should have turned my mind to it earlier as well. All these years, (laughs) I really haven't thought about it in that much depth. I've just accepted accepted the fact.
4: Yeah, so I'll, no. I'll,
1: I'll figure that out for you.
4: Very cool. I'll be listening to hear so.
1: Okay, we'll try and do that for you next week.
0: We can do a whole awesome. big special next week.
1: Yeah, the smell of fringy special. <laughs> awesome.
4: Thanks for the info, guys.
0: Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Cheers. Thank you. I think we've got time for one more call for the day. Scott, and it's Kelly from Jasmine. She's got a question about crepe myrtles. Kelly,
1: how can we help you with it?
4: Um, I We've got some acres up north near Taree, oh. and we've we're trying to get rid of loads and loads and loads of lantana.
1: Yes.
3: Um,
1: you got some but, goats up there?
3: Uh, no. Well, I've told that they. I've been told they spread seeds, so mm, yeah. I'm not real keen on spreading it even further. Yeah,
1: I, I, they do munch through it. I know that for a fact. Uh, yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. yeah. Um, but my concern is that so I. I really love crepe myrtles, and I love that they flower for you know seven or eight months of the year. Yes, yeah. But I've noticed that they send up lots of suckers around them, and my concern is that if they introduce create myrtles, then I'm going to just introduce another <laughs> pest. <laughs> so I was just wondering if you have any yeah, knowledge well, about that. That's,
1: that's always something you have to be mindful with. Uh, you know, robinias, golden rubinias, uh, you know, a lot of deciduous trees, because they are so quick-growing as well, they will throw out suckers. Um, but generally, plants throw out suckers because either the root system, because it's a little bit shallow, has been damaged by something, or that the plant's stressed for some reason. Uh,
4: okay.
1: So that, that's that's the general rule of thumb of plants throwing up suckers. So you just have to be mindful of that. So, uh, for instance, you know a if you've got it uh, in the lawn, some people, um, you know, they might be digging around there, and they'll actually damage uh, the root system, and from there the plant goes, "Oh, I need to um, spring up here and uh, and try and recreate it myself. myself." Yeah. Yep. Uh, so. I guess that's the only question you can ask yourself is, uh, you know, do you have to be, you know, can you uh, make sure that the root system's not going to be damaged? And, um, yeah, look, the, that's about the only thing I can offer to that. They are a really good plant. Um, but um, if, uh, you know, you want to plant them, uh, you know, they do have a beautiful flower for a long period of time.
0: Scott Sharp, we are out of time. Okay, thanks for that, Kelly. The clock is winding now. Thank you very much for your call, Kelly. That was a guarding talk back on 2NURFM. And, Scott, we'll see you next Monday. Next Monday, I'll be here.
1: Excellent.